sing songs before they went to battle. And today we're going to battle. The world around us is changing. It's going downhill. But we've come here to feed on something else. We're listening to a different sound. And this is a sound we want to hear. The voice of our bridegroom. The voice of our Savior. You want to hear that this morning? Do you have a need this morning? Do you have a need in your family? In your situation? Let's just hold it before the Lord. Just play something softly. We're going to bow in a word of prayer at this point. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. One day, Lord, we're going to be on the other side. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. The joys that await those that have served you. Lord, it's our joy this morning to be Christians. If the devil has robbed anybody of that joy, Lord, I pray you'd restore it this morning. Father, if the things of life are weighing somebody down, I pray, oh God, that you would take that load off somebody's shoulder this morning. There is discouragement or depression or things that are weighing on the human mind, Lord. Father, by the preaching of the word, you said demons are scattered. I pray this morning, Father, as we've gathered in, that you would minister to us. Lord, it's beyond just Brother Ed. I can let the gift, O oh Lord, but it takes more than that. It takes you, it takes us as a people to operate that gift, Lord. Father, we ask you, Lord, just sweep over us this morning. For every hand that was raised, every home that is needy, and we all know someone that's needy. We're living, O oh Lord, in a, t in a terrible time. Lord, we have many, many situations that are heavy on our hearts. But this morning we want to come. Sit at your feet, Lord. May you minister to us, Lord. I pray you'd encourage us. I pray, Lord, you'd also chasten us if we need chastening. Lord, for it's the love of God. It's not not for our destruction, but it's for our benefit. Father, we pray your blessing would just be upon all that are in this building. There are others that are away. Lord, we think of the walls that are away at this time. And Brother Moses and his family, Lord, out in the east, he's ministered this week a couple of times. I pray you'd be with them. Just bless their travels. 
Thank you for the visitors that are with us. Lord, the Friesens that are here this morning, we thank you for that. Thank you for the song specials that sisters sang and Brother Michael sang. Thank you, O Lord, for the people that are here today. Lord, and above all, we thank you for you. Lord, that your presence is here. Minister to us today. Minister, I pray, to those that are listening in. I pray, Father, your blessing upon us as we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. You've been standing for a little bit. That's for your benefit, if you don't know. Isaiah 38. Turn with me this morning, if you will. Isaiah 38. Appreciated the specials this morning. Appreciate all of you that are here. It was good to see Sister Ansa Ogu again. I think I saw her up there. God bless you. And for all of you that are here, it's good to see as I'm looking across the different faces and happy to be here with the body of Christ. Isaiah 38, verse 1. In those days... Was Hezekiah sick unto the death? And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall. And prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz ten degrees backward. So the sun returned ten degrees by which degrees it was gone down. May God add his blessing to the word. You may have your seats. As I just was reading that last little part, um, there was a Bible account, and there's a couple of, actually a scientific account, and there's actually a couple of incidents of this, one that was in the 1600s, 1700s, there was a professor who was, was dealing with an astronomer, and they found that there in the astronomy 
tables that there was um, a hiccup in things where there was a day missing somewhere. And uh, this has also been an account of this in more recent history. And they said a day was missing. If you actually go to the book of Joshua, and I'm going to just maybe have you turn to it. Joshua chapter 10. I'm just going to read this for a moment. I, it just, as I was, just came to me this morning. Joshua chapter 10, and this is in verse 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. Now, this is actually, I, I won't take the time to minister. In, in Joshua 9 is when the Gibeonites had... Um, made themselves to be from a far country, and Joshua's word to them was that they would not die. Even though they deceived him, his word had held. And now this same God, and, and when the Gibeonites were running into an issue, Joshua fought for them. And as he's fighting for them, he's losing the battle. And as he's losing the battle, this is when this scripture is happening. So the account was, didn't have very auspicious beginnings. But yet this is how God honors his word. Not just his word, but the word he has given us to speak also. And he says, then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, in the sight of Israel... Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hastened not to go down about a whole day. Now, just I just want you to focus on the word and the accuracy of the word. It says, about a whole day. And so, when the astronomers were doing this record check, they found that there was a period, there was a lapse somewhere which was 23 hours and 20 minutes, about a day. But if you then go to the scripture we read in Isaiah, where the sun would go back, and it would go back, and it's funny that I'm speaking this on daylight savings time. I'm trying to help you all here this morning. <laughs> the sun would go back about 10 degrees. That's about 40 minutes, and that makes up a full day. Now, I, I, I don't have all of this, and, you know, you can fact-check everything, and, and, and I go through it, but all I can say is, God's Word is accurate, and God is accurate, and He knew we would be here in daylight savings time this morning, and He knew how we would be. So we're ready for church. Are we ready for church this morning? Amen. I, I'm going to, this is a subject that's been on my heart a little bit, and it's probably going to be more introductory today, and uh, 
I want to take my text out of Isaiah 38, and it's when Isaiah actually speaks to, to uh, uh, Hezekiah, and he uses these words, set thine house in order, and that's what I want to use as a title. Now, I want to maybe approach this a little bit differently, and I won't fully get into this in today's service. But I, I want to take this in a number of uh, respects, and this is not um, just to condemn us or to do those things, but I want you to look at this a little bit with me, and I'll take a little bit. Every time God does something, He brings a forewarning, or He brings, uh, he brings instruction for our benefit. Hezekiah was a godly king. He was a king over Judah, and God comes through the prophet. Now, he doesn't come to Isaiah directly, but he comes to a prophet. Surely the Lord God will do nothing except he reveals his secrets by his servants, the prophets. Now, he could have come to Hezekiah and told him to do this, but he sends Isaiah to him, and he sends Isaiah to him to prepare, to make preparation. And I'm going to read a couple of these things out of a message, God's preparation. God always makes a preparation. Before he does anything, he always gives ample time, much warning, and then those who spurn that love of warning, there's nothing left but judgment. Now, they must receive judgment. And he talks about in the antediluvian world, in the days of Noah, he sent a voice of warning and warned the people to flee from the wrath that was to come. Now, the people may have laughed and scorned and thought that Noah was a crazy man, that it was impossible for these things to come, but yet that was Noah was a voice. Now, I, I, I will, whether I get to all these scriptures the way I've given them to you, Sister Ruth, but we know that we are living in the days of Noah. We know that we are living in the days of Sodom. And the conditions that were in the days of Noah are also the conditions that are conditions that we live in today. Amplified. And, and, and the days of Sodom are also amplified in the day that we live in. And so God would send a warning and he would send Elijah and the scripture would say he sent Elijah to us that we may be warned. That we may begin to take account, that we may begin to make preparation. So I, I will take some time with this, but... He also will say this, he goes, before these great disasters happen, God always gives a warning and makes a way of escape. He prepares it. So he doesn't just warn you and say, now, you better do all you can. He actually helps us. If we receive his word, he helps us. 
Now, he's not going to ask you to do something that's impossible to do. But I believe out of Laodicea, there will be overcomers. There will be people that will take his word and will begin to make preparation. He will speak also a message called the oncoming storm. Now, this, this is a principle. The principle that he's speaking here is preparation, but he's speaking this to individuals, but he speaks it also to families. He speaks it to homes, and he speaks it to a generation. So in, in the message, Oncoming Storm, Brother Branham would say, Jesus was speaking of a coming storm that has got to strike every man and every woman that's born in the world. There's no way out of it. That storm will strike you sometime or another, and it depends what kind of a foundation that you have, whether your house will weather it or not. There have been many lives saved because of preparation for storms, many lives lost because of failing to take heed to the warning of storms that are coming. Now, I, I will say that the world is there are oncoming storms of judgment that are happening already on the earth. I do not believe we have entered the tribulation period, but we are seeing the onset of the conditions that will usher in a tribulation. And the world is groaning, it is going through an upheaval, and we can talk on a national level, we can talk on, on nations, on Russia, we can talk even right down to Israel, we can talk the Middle East, we can talk into Canada, we can talk wherever we are, but you don't have to look very far to know that there is a groaning. And it affects us, and it affects our homes, and it affects our families. And there's times that we, it's almost like an onslaught. And yet in the middle of this onslaught, God is preparing us, not for what's just coming against, the, against us, around us, but for what we're going into. And, and, and that will be a little bit now... In, in the last little while, I, I, you know, I, like I said, I could make reference to a lot of different things, and, and maybe just give me a moment and I'll come back to it. But in, in, in a message also here in, in preparation, Brother Branham would talk, and this is out of a message that I'll draw uh, some of my context for today, but it's God doesn't call man to judgment without first warning him. And I, I, I just want to just say this, if I can, before I read this. We, we do not sometimes realize the effect of the Laodicean spirit. And uh, just being away on, on a little vacation and, 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 and just stopping and stepping back and you look at things differently and and it really has struck me, and even as we spoke on Wednesday on the pressures and the stresses that can overtake us, and the Lord willing, I'll pick that up again on another Wednesday here. But in the Church Age book, Brother Branham would say about the last day's spirit, 
And I don't believe we will realize that we fully realize the pressure that we live under day to day. And I will say for brothers in the workplace, for our sisters at home, and for our children and what they face growing up. I I came across a little clip yesterday, an 11-year-old boy reading a book that he signed out of the school library. And it so affected the father that he brought it before the school board, and he said, this is the book my son took. And it choreographed detailed sexual acts that would be akin to a pornographic website. This is what's in the schools today. Friends, this is the world we live in. And I believe God does not intend for us to be bombarded by these things without any kind of something within. And I believe that we, we are living in a time of judgment like it was in Israel when, when under a token they left the land. And I believe we need to have a token on our homes like never before. You say, I know about the token, Brother Ed. I think we need to just brush it up a little bit more. And my, I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm here to help us this morning. I'm here to say, let's, as, as Brother Paul was ministering last Sunday, and he says, you know, it's lamp trimming time. Let's take that now. Let's, let's take that word and say, yes, let my lamp be trimmed a little bit more. Let my home be more of a sanctuary than it ever was. And not a militant camp. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about a place where the Holy Ghost can live and move in our homes. And it can be a sanctuary. And I know not every home, listen, I, I don't, we could say, well, we, we all talk about the perfect home, you know, where you, know, you can show up at church and there's mom and there's dad and there's all the kids just dressed right and listen, there, you can have all of those things looking good on the outside and it can still be chaotic. But I think we ought to say, and we need to begin to understand that We have come out under a prophet message with signs and wonders. And and, and we we can't just look for signs and wonders to be a solution to everything. I think we have the tools to implement that we can begin to exercise control over the things that are in our homes. And there are some here that don't have believing spouses. There are some that have backslidden children. There are some that are in in, in kinds of, in different distresses. But I think we can begin to implement no matter where we're at. How many will say amen to that? So Brother Branham will say, in the last days because of the abounding iniquity, the love of many will wax cold. There's a pressure on husband and wife in a home like never before. And a man can be so working and so caught up in trying to provide and and yet there's still demands and there's all of these things, but I think we need to support one another. And the support is not just, well, my role is this and your role is this and you do what you do and I'll do what I do. That's not the kind of token we're talking about. We're talking about an atmosphere, 
an atmosphere of love. And the Bible says here, because of iniquity, the love of many will wax cold. So iniquity, knowing what we ought to do, but we don't do it. All right, listen, it's a little quieter than it should be this morning. Friends, listen, if it's in your heart, you can say, you know, it's the devil's job to make things look hopeless. It's the devil's job to make you discouraged. It's the devil to make a situation look like it's impossible. But I just want to say, start singing, only believe all things are possible. And I say, start taking back the ground that the enemy has taken away. I believe we're living in a time where God is in the restoration business. I think we can exercise that within our homes, within our church, within our lives, with the people that we meet. I believe there's a power that's within the believer that can change situations. The same power that was in Joshua. The same power that was in Hezekiah. You say in Hezekiah, yeah. I'll get to it yet. But prayer can change things. Prayer can move, can change the mind of God even. Now it's all based on motive and objective. But I believe that we ought to be able to empower. Are you with me this morning? So the Laodicean spirit, he says, the love of many will wax cold. In this last age, self-love. What is self-love? Well, if this offends anybody, forgive me. But self-love can be having your own website, your own space, your own Facebook page, your own this and this, and, 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 and posing for a hundred pictures before you pick one that shows you your face just the right way and choreographs. That can be self-love. Now, listen, don't get condemned here, please. But that's the age we live in. And we got to be careful we don't let that come on us. Yeah. The, the, I'm not going to preach next week's service today. So just, just let, me, let me just drop some things here, okay? And if I have to pick it up, I'll pick it up. So he says, self-love, love for material things will take the place of the true love of God. I'll have to come back to this. I don't, I don't want to get derailed here this morning. We need to guard against the power of sin in these last days. So many are getting so hard because they haven't realized the effect of this last day spirit. I, I, I want to be honest. I believe we've all been affected from time to time. I've been affected. I'm being honest this morning. There's times when I've been cooler than I don't, and I, I, and I cry, Lord, I, I don't want what I've got and what I see in myself. I want more of you. I believe that, that we ought to have that cry. Brother Branham had that cry. Lord, give me that feeling I had when I was first saved. Listen, there's, there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's true. But there's many fillings. God, give us the Holy Ghost. Fill us again. Pour out your spirit. Listen, you can't stand in the wind without feeling it blowing through you. You can't step out under the rain without an umbrella and not get wet. 
Neither can you get in the presence of God and not be changed. Let's get in the presence of God. Let's not settle for a form. Let's, let's allow God to, to, to change us. Oh, Spirit of God, move. Move in our midst, Lord. So the, the effect of this last day, Spirit, it's time to draw nigh to God. Let Him fill our lives with His love that we will not feel the coldness of this last day church and reject the truth which is alone able to help us. You, you can have what's called what the disciples did, which is a dullness. You know, they became, Jesus chastened them and said, why are you dull of hearing? And, and you know, why don't you understand what's happening? Now, I, there's many things that happen that, I, I, let, let me put it to you, they, they happen by degrees and we don't see them. And uh, I, I, I just try to be sensitive and, you know, I don't want to sensationalize anything. I don't want to make more of something than it's not. But I believe there are things that are changing and that are happening. Some of you are praying for your loved ones. I believe God's working on their hearts right now. I, I don't, just because they haven't showed up here yet, I believe God's working on them. I believe He's actually setting up situations that will compel them to move. And I also believe that there's things happening in the world where they're going to cross the line and go too far. There, there, there's going to come a time when it'll be like Belshazzar's feast again, and they'll come too far, and God will stand up. Because the iniquity of the Amorites has got to fill. I believe there's also things happening within the context of the bride. Now you can talk about the world, you can talk about nations, you can talk about the nominal church. The nominal church is having a little bit of a stirring, a little bit of an awakening. But there's also the bride, and the bride must also have something. And I believe that God is doing some things. Now I'm going to just speak from my heart. The last two years, each year we've started, it was last year when, when Brother Ken Fury passed and, and Brother Norm Lacuzzi and Brother Dennis Huckaluck and, and there was like Brother Andrew Malcolm and, and it, was, it was one after the other. It was brethren that were passing and then Brother Harold passed and, and I, I just, I'm marveling at how many are going and, and then we started this year and again there was people that were passing. Friends, there's a whole gathering on the other side. It is real. Sister Helen Bablitz went to the other side. I, I believe there is something happening. God is taking them, but he's also getting at people ready. Right now, I believe what's happening up there is reflected down here. Now, he's not just taking old people. And I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, but he's also preparing a generation. He's preparing those that are alive and remain. You can take the incidents of people sometimes just before they pass. I'm just going to mention a name, Sister Noreen Stewart. She always used to sit about the third row right beside where Sister Elizabeth was. But in the months before she passed, I just witnessed how she would come and pray and labor and pray. And there was something more that was going on. But underneath there was within her 
Maybe not detectable by your five senses and even your spirit realm. But there's a theophany being that was moving her, that was leading her. And I believe, friends, that God is doing things right now. And I say, don't be dull of hearing. Don't be, say, don't be like it was in Noah's day and just say, oh, I've heard that before. You know, the longer Noah's message went on, the more common it became. Even to those that were getting in the ark. You know, we, we have the podcast, Brother John, Brother Andrew, and, and, and Brother Ethan, and Brother Tito, and the different ones that are involved. You know, as we were going through the podcast, and we're, we're doing things for the podcast, and we've had some terrific responses lately. I'll let the brothers speak to that. But, you know, as you're speaking it, and as we're together, and we're talking about it, you know, the things that we just take for granted, Malachi 4. And as we begin to speak it, and as we begin to take the scriptures that pertain to it, and we begin to take Matthew 17, and we begin to take Matthew 11, and we begin to take all of these things, as we speak it, something starts to move inside. Friends, let's not lose that. There's got to be an inflow, but there's got to be an outflow. Let that word become alive. Speak to someone about it. Do something about it. And then the more you speak it, the more real it becomes. Speak it to your children. Speak it to your neighbor. Speak it to those around you. There's life in the word. We, I, I, sometimes my life is too irregular and I wish, wish it wasn't always that way and it has just through the sheer things of business and ministering. and You know, we don't always have a set devotional time. But there's times that we'll read from the family altar. There's times we'll read a scripture. There's times we'll read, you know, our, our daily bread or whatever. Or we'll read the, the one that, that Brother Coffee has out and, and the different ones. And it's, and it's really good. Voice of God has something that's really good too. Sometimes it's just talking. You know, talk on these things. Deuteronomy 6, what, what did he say? Moses was encouraging the generation that was going into the land. Now that, there, there was a generation that saw the Egyptians. They saw them drown in the sea. There was, and, and they placed stones at, at you know, that, at the Jordan. And, but now he's in, in, in encouraging this generation. Speak of them when you go in your house. Speak of them when you, when you leave your house. If they would have had cars, he would have said, speak of when you drive your car. When you go down the road, take every opportunity. I, I like how Brother Branham did it with his kids. Their testimony is whenever they had a chance, he would ask them Bible questions. He would talk on the things of God. He would do the principles. He would speak on influence or different things. I think we need to continually have those things before us. Listen, the more you put God in, the less inroad the enemy has. So, dullness would be defined as lack of interest or excitement. Oh, it's Sunday. Oh, we have to get up early today. Oh, man. Make the coffee extra strong. I took two this morning. Does that help you? <laughs> you know what? But let's not let coffee be our only stimulant. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> Let the mess 
message be your stimulant. Let the songs of Zion be your stimulant. Oh, I, I just put on a tape once in a while. Listen to the prophet. Let the word enrich you. It's real, friends. It's the only voice with life in it. And there's less listening to it sometimes. Listen, I don't want to condemn you. But I'll just say, why don't you just, just take five minutes of it. And the next day, maybe ten minutes. And before you're long, you're, you're going to be talking about this tape and that tape. And oh, you know what? Brother Andrew spoke on Brother Moses. And it all blends together. That's the spirit of the living God. It's still an anointing on this message. Lack of interest is dullness. Perception means to become aware or conscious of. Even Brother Branham, you know, he wasn't always aware. A man who lived as close as he did with God, but he always wasn't aware of what God was telling him. You know, he's, he's in his court case, and, and he's, he's trying to work it all out, and, and then all of a sudden they're asking him a question. He said, and then the Holy Spirit woke me up. Oh, this wasn't, I didn't solicit these things. It was just a gift. You didn't solicit? No, it's just a gift. You know what? When God's on your side, you got everything. But you need to be in a place where you're on speaking terms with Him. Pretty hard to speak to Him when you've been on a website that doesn't have some good content to it. Pretty hard to go into prayer at that moment. Uh, listen, friends, I, I don't know if I should even go here right now. Came across a, an article, and you talk about morality. My wife and I were out for a walk yesterday, and she was talking about some people that she cleans for, and they'd gone to a, some islands somewhere and found a secluded beach, and as they went down the beach, they realized that clothes were optional. And even what they call clothes, <laughs> my goodness, yeah. Satan is the designer of all of it. Yeah. I saw an article in Berlin. Some woman had contested the fact that men are allowed to go topless and she isn't. And she won. And now it's a rule in all of Berlin that women can go topless in swimming pools. Hang on a second. This isn't just Berlin. It's in Edmonton too. The same law has passed here. I don't go to swimming pools. I don't have to worry about it. But I'm just saying, the world is nuts. Listen, this is Satan's Eden. Friends, I, you, you can't go anywhere Hardly. I was, I was just looking at morality. Let me just give you just a couple of stats real quick here. There are 25 million pornographic websites. 12% of all websites are dedicated to it. At any given time, one in four users are trolling looking for these things. One in four. Oh, no, Brother Ed, why are you saying that here? It would never affect us. We are not ignorant of his devices. 
out of, there's been an explosion. 80% of all the contact, content of these websites has been downloaded in the last two years. They say there are 12,000, one, one particular site, there are 12,500 gigabytes lo- downloaded per minute. I was, I was watching this documentary on it, and there was a, a woman, a girl, just a teenage girl, just started in her home, just by texting and somebody prompting her and saying, well, why don't you share a picture? And then before long, she was selling videotapes, posting them online, and has become a star. And they interviewed her mother. I said, are you aware of her daughter doing this? Yes, I am. What do you think about it? Well, she has a right to do anything she wants. <sighs> what? Friends, this is the world we live in. The, the, the usage, listen, this is the usage. It used to, you'd have to go on to a computer, a desktop. Desktops are only 14% of people who troll these websites. There's a few on tablets, but 83% are by phone. A phone, just like all of us have here. 83% is a phone. And they, I could get into stats about when they're used and in dark places and in secret. And Friends, the enemy is out there. We need to put some walls. We need to put some barriers The barriers used to be, hey, when I was growing up, the barrier used to be a theater door. That's not the barrier anymore. The barrier used to be a a magazine somebody hid under their mattress. That's not the barrier anymore. The barrier is right there on a technical, it's it's right within grasp. Listen, it's it's awfully quiet, but I'm just saying. Friends, let's get real. Let's set our homes in order. Let's make sure we know where everything stands. Let me read this, and I, this is really into next week. But Brother Branham would talk about the generation and how each generation successively. He said, the world worships women. Listen, you, I, I'm talking about pornographic websites. You can go onto a John Deere website and watch a woman in a bikini. Yeah, it's true. He says, now, the woman was the devil. The women worships women, but the woman was a devil's instrument in the beginning. An unjust one today is the best instrument he's got. Okay? I, I, I'm just point this right. She'll send more preachers to hell than all the bootleg joints there is in the world. Let a little flapper with a cigarette in the corner of her mouth and her hair all cuticured up like that, great big long eyelashes. Watch what she'll do. He is, now he says, preacher. Now this is, this is preacher. Cover yourself with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. Don't tell me your men. Listen, I, I, I was just in, in, in a country that was a little warmer than it was and it is here, and I, listen, I, I, I packed a few, too many pairs of socks. I don't think I wore socks for days on end, just sandals and, and, and such, right? And, I, and I, I'm going there, and I'll tell you what, listen, I, I, I kept clothes on me, but, but there's a lot of people that, 
Okay, I'm not going to go there. All I can say is there are bears everywhere. <laughs> and, and, and you go there and, and, and it's a culture. And, it, and it's, it's dads and moms dragging their teenage girls to the beach, you know, dressed. And I'm going like, do you know what you're doing? Friends, this is the world we live in. Listen to what Brother Branham says. I don't know whether you realize this, you young people today, you young boys and girls, do you realize the things that you're doing? If there's another generation, your children will be judged by what you do. Have you no respect of decency? You girls out there wearing these little shorts and things, do you know that's reflected on your daughter? Your grandmammy, like, we don't know these terms, flapper, chorus girl, that's the reason you're a striptease today. What, were your, what will your children be? You know what we're seeing today? We are seeing the manifestation of a prophet. Because a prophet, you know, a prophet, he doesn't just look at what he sees. But a prophet is anointed by God. He climbs up high. And he looks and he sees the judgments of God coming. And he speaks by what he sees. And the prophet said that there is going to be like Satan's Eden, hell on earth again. And that's what's all around us. Oh, let's be aware. I, 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 I'm bringing the negative side just for a little bit. Just bear with me. But the world is crossing lines every day. But I also want to say, if we're in tune, it'll be like the prophet said, he's just singing a song, he's singing a song, and he just stops and he says, oh, did you notice the Spirit took that up? It's the end of the second pull. And he says, I don't call you church, I call you bride. There's a people today that are here because they're the bride of Christ. They're not just living on the same level as the world is and even the nominal church world. They're living on a bride level which is not just do's and don'ts, but it's relationship. It's the beginning and the ushering in of eternity. Just as the world is going into a tribulation, so are we now reflecting where we're going. Our homes ought to reflect what, what's, what, where we're going to. Okay, I, I, I'm, okay. I, I was going to say pass the coffee, but I'm not going to do that. But I, are you with me this morning? Okay, listen, I, I, I need to move along. I, I don't know if I can read all of this. I'm going to save some of this, but let me, let me just take this one, one comment. This is out of message of the Messiah. You were made to thirst for God, and the devil tries to pervert you to make you think you're having a good time out here, keeping you blinded until the time you cross the separating line, and then you're finished. That's what's happened to this nation today. The world won't believe it, but he would say in other places, they have crossed that line. In souls that are in prison. One of these days, if you haven't already, you'll cross that line. You'll no more desire to do what's right. Brother, sister, do you realize what's being said? You'll cross that line and you'll never want to do it. I, I don't want to get even close to that place. I want to be moved. I want to be motivated. I want to be pulled. Lord, I want the message to be the flame of the hour. 
Okay, I've, 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 I really do have to move, move on here. But the American nation, it's, it's crossing a line. And Brother Branham would say, there's, let, let me bring it from the other side. He says, there is something coming forth from God. Listen to how he says this. We are on the verge of one of the mightiest things that's ever struck the earth since the days of the Lord Jesus. Now, one of the greatest things. Now, here, here's what he, he tempers that, and he says, it will be so humble. What man calls foolish, God calls mighty. Now, watch it. It'll be so humble, you'll miss it if you have not got the token there to examine it. Okay, and he goes on to talk, talk a little bit and give some examples. I need to move on from here. Okay. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17. Like I said, our, our lines that we have are more obscured than ever before. But as God told Joshua, he said, go out and define the land. In other words, show, show where the land is and, 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 and make boundaries and make things and show it. So we want to do that. Okay, so we, we want to be able to say there's boundaries that we want to reinforce because I, I just brought you some stats on, on, on just what's on the internet world. It's, it's available like never before. How, how do these things happen? Okay, now listen to what he says here. Wherefore, this is in verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I, and I will be a father unto you, and you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Verse, chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved... Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, I, I, I can't emphasize enough how we need to be cognizant of the boundaries and the definitions. And I'll, I'm going to try and pick it as I go a little bit into the family unit in, in a service or two to come. I'll just share with you a little bit of a burden, and my burden is going to be this, is that I want to, over the next number of months, and it'll be intermittent services, but I want to deal with this on the level of raising children, young children. You say, Brother Ed, you don't have no young children. There's other ministers that do. I'll be able to give some comment. Other brothers will. But I want, to, I want us to, if I can say it this way, we have to use every thing that God has given us to gain every victory there is. And, and we need to, I believe that at God knew Abraham and he knew, he looked at Abraham and he says, how am I going to hide anything from you, Abraham, because I know you and you will watch over your children and you will raise them the right way. And I believe that we are those kind of people. 
I believe we are raising a generation that will possess the land. I, I, I think we just, I'm, I, I, need, I need to move along where I want to get here today. Now, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit now to, to our text, and, and I, I need to, to take this, because the message is preached in different realms and, and such, but let me just take the, the thought here out of Isaiah 38 about a prophet, and, and Isaiah comes and, and, and he speaks to Hezekiah, so God uses a prophet. And he'll say he'll use a prophet to send a warning message. Sometimes, and, and he says it this way, a prophet, if he doesn't watch, he'll get into trouble because he'll try to make it easy or compromise a little bit here or a little bit there. But a real prophet's got the order from God. I believe you can honestly say, if you listen to the message, this is God's prophet. And if you love the Word of God, you don't get tired of hearing it. And you will receive it. And I say, we just need to be reinforcing it. How do we reinforce the boundaries? Listen to the prophet. I'm glad that we had a pastor here for many years. He echoed what that prophet said. He also would not compromise. I believe we need to be those kind of people. Let's not be soft. Let's not be wishy-washy. Now, that doesn't mean you're a military ruler in your home. But you are a son of God, and you will not be defiled. You will not allow these things to come your way. How many heads of homes will say amen to that? If, you, if we have become soft, Lord, let us be like the prophet was. Now he says, God was so tired, he talks about Jonah for a moment. And Jonah, as a prophet... The message was urgent. This is Brother Branham's words. The message is urgent. The time is at hand. Let's not be like it was in Noah's day. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. But as much as they heard that, Noah was still proclaiming it. I want to be like Noah. Still proclaiming it. The message is urgent. Don't play around with other things. Don't go out and get a Bachelor of Arts degree. The hour is at hand. That's what's the matter today. We're trying to build up big schools. We should preach the coming of the Lord. We need repentance towards God. What was the antidote for the Laodicean age? Repent. The zeal of the Lord is to repent. And let's just repent. Let's, let's never lose that. The minute I see myself say something do something. I say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, just bring me back. Bring me back to where I need to be. You need to do that, brother? Absolutely, I need to do that. God wants us to separate ourselves. He wants us to come out from the world, not to live with the world, not to try to fashion after the world. You have to live for one another. You have to believe one or the other. So this is a prophet. Now, I already touched on this, but a prophet has long-range vision. So let me, let me just take this. A prophet, this is out of, the, out of God, um, doesn't call man to judgment without warning him. A prophet sees things a way off that are coming. He sees the cup of God's wrath full before it's filled. Could you imagine what Brother Branham saw? Could you imagine why he would be trembling in souls that are imprisoned? He's saying, oh God, could this be the hour? 
And he's saying, I got children that aren't in. I got this. Friends, he saw something that was coming. He would speak about Elvis and the Beatles. He would talk about the sex goddesses. He would talk about those things. Listen, Elvis, you might say, is minor. The Beatles are minor. But all these things keep coming on down. But he saw them coming. The generation we live in, we become, we become and I, this is, I'm not going to get into this today. But he says, the prophet, this is, this is, if we can receive it, this is God's eagle. The eye seeing what was coming. I, I don't know if anybody, if we ever heard, if we ever heard when Brother Branham would talk about homosexuality, and he's saying it's a homosexual age. This was in 1960 to 65. There was just a few. I, I think I shared the stats in a service. In the United States government, there are now 13 proclaimed homosexuals that are in leadership roles. That, that, that have openly proclaimed this is who we are. Friends, it, it, is, it is beyond we, we had in our own nation a boy expelled from school because he said there's a difference between boys and girls. And they asked him, why did you say it? Because I heard the girls complaining about a boy in their dressing room. And the government is so weak, it won't stand for it. Friends, this is all around us. The cup of iniquity is just about full. We are living in the fulfillment. I don't know when God's going to come. I don't know. But I'll say this. The tipping point is very close. And I say this. That ought to get us to be a little bit more urgent. A little bit more fervent. Lord, don't let me just watch. Oh, well, that's the way it is. Don't be just news followers. Say, Lord, let me bear down a little bit more. Let it not come nigh unto me in my house. Let not, let not these things have a place anywhere within us. Yeah. The devil will try and get a foothold anywhere he can. Yeah. Now he says, the prophet's not looking at what he's seeing, but he's seeing what's coming. Gross darkness, it's years away. Talks about Amos and how he saw the judgments of God coming. He speaks God's wrath. It may linger, but it's got to come to pass if it's in the name of the Lord. Though it linger, yet it will speak. The prophet's only looking and seeing something. So this is, this is what a, a prophet's looking at. He's got long-range vision. Now, the other thing is sometimes, you know, you speak it, it's like judgment, and then nothing happens. Now, years ago, they had a uh, a television evangelist called, uh, what's his name, Baker, and Tammy was his wife, and you would remember her if you ever saw her, because if you could look underneath the eyelashes that covered half of her face, and the war paint, and all of these things, and she was, this was the evangelist's wife. This is the guy who had an air-conditioned doghouse. And he was a televangelist. He eventually got, got, got off. But, you know, and, and, and they interviewed him. And, and she says, yeah, I heard that about makeup and things. But I put it on and nothing happened. And you know what happened? Her heart got hardened. And she became what she was. 
Now, judgment doesn't happen the moment you do it. Oh, friends, when your heart is tender and your soul is tender, that's the time to listen to, the, to God's voice. Judgment's coming. I, I, don't, I, I, I tell you, I, 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 lately, I, I'm going to just try and share this as I can openly and honestly. I'm going, Lord, I don't want to just preach. I want to live these things. I, I want to speak of them. I, I want to make things in my home as, as I'm preparing to move. If we're talking about setting our house in order, it's not just to escape what's coming, but it's to where we're going. The Bible says, don't you know that the saints will judge the world? Listen, I, I don't want to show up before the Lord one day. What did you do? And I, I'm not just talking preachers. I'm talking as a head of home. What did you do with what I gave you? Ah, oh, well, you know, we, we tried to hold our best. You know, we did this and this. I, I want to be able to say, I, I, I spoke for you. I stood for you. I prayed. I did. I, I laid on my face. I, I cried for these things. I taught my children. I did the right things. I, I want to be able to say that. Because, listen, we're going to, we have a place over there. I, I, I may not get to this today. But, but here, a prophet, the minute he speaks, judgment doesn't always strike. God's, he says here, he does not always strike when he warns. I want you to watch this. He gives a warning, but he doesn't strike at the same time. I don't know when Brother Branham was speaking the message, souls that are in prison, he came to such a place. There, there's some messages. He came to such a place and he spoke it with such conviction that the altars just filled up. People were crying and weeping. And he came up in the evening services. Now, I don't know when that time will come, but it will come. Friends, I, 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 I don't want anyone in our assembly, in any church, I don't want them to miss it. I don't want our hearts hardened. If you ever listen to that service, or then you take a message like, the choosing of a bride, and you listen to him speaking, and, and, and you know it's not Brother Branham speaking anymore. They say that after he left that service, they had to drive him around. He, he couldn't even remember what was said. And he said, repent, Los Angeles. The hour is coming. God's wrath is belching over you. And you know what? You go there, you can go on a vacation, you can have a nice time, I'll tell you what, it's closer than ever before. Friends, these, these things are real. I, I'm not trying to, this is not to condemn you this morning. It's saying, Lord, give me a reality check. Let me be sober. Let me be real. Let me be, uh, let me conduct my affairs knowing that I may have to leave. So, 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 I, I say these things because I, more than ever I'm compelled. I, let, me, let me try and bring it this way. In the context of a man, when, when he knew he was about to die, he would set his affairs in order. Set your house in order. So he would make sure everything was done correctly. Because once you leave, you don't have a chance to settle anything anymore. There can be a lot of regrets about what I could have done when I had the power to do it. 
but now I don't have the power anymore. There's a man, Ephitharel, uh, I think is his name. He was an advisor to Absalom. When Absalom refused his counsel, and, and he took Hushai uh, to, for David's sake, he went home, he set his house in order, the Bible says, and he hung himself. I don't want regrets that I had an opportunity to do something. Friends, we may not go by way of the grave. But I believe God is wanting us as a people to be in order for where we're going to. He wants us in things that are to be. He says, this is not our dwelling place. Our dwelling place is beyond. Our life here uh, will be extended beyond. So in other words, if we're going to be leaving here one day, I don't want to have regrets about what I could have done as a free moral agent before I cross to the other side. But I want to do everything I did. I don't want to stand there and say, you know, well, I, 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 you know, I, I had this talent you gave me and I buried it in the ground. The Brother Branham would, would make a simple little statement. He talks about his brother, I don't know if it was Edward. Edward was his brother. And he talks about they were so poor and they went to school together and Edward and, and Brother Branham got some popcorn. And he, they had it in the cloakroom. Now I, I still remember when I went to school and I had a cloakroom and you hung your coats and then you went to the classroom. So in the middle of the class, Brother Branham went out from the cloakroom, out, out from the classroom, he had to go to the washroom and he went into the cloakroom and he took a bunch of popcorn and he ate it. So when it came to lunchtime and him and his brother Edward are there, and his brother Edward goes, hey, what happened to all the popcorn? And brother goes, I don't know. And he says years later, here he was, and he got news that Edward passed, and he said, I would give anything to go back to that time again. Now I'm, I'm saying, every day, time is writing something. I want to write something that I can take with me. I want to write something that I can say, today is the day I didn't just live for a special meeting, but I took some initiative on a Sunday, and I showed up, and I prayed. I, I came to a prayer meeting. I, I took some time with my children. I, I spent some time with my wife. I witnessed to the neighbor. I did something. Every day, something is being written. Now, I, I, I want you to look... This is God's will for us. This is God's desire for us. If you take, you know, I, the, the service Brother Paul spoke, and, and you know, if the atonement was made, the atonement was made so that we could live in Laodicea. That we, we can say, it's my right to raise a family. It's my right as a mother to be home with my family. It's my right as a parent to have a job that I can supply for my family. No matter how much inflation is creeping up. It's my right. And you know what? You approach God that way and say, Lord, you purchased this for me so that I can live in this present world. We shine as lights. Brother Branham would take the example of that, that woman. It was in a, she came in a prayer line. It was an incident he talks about and how she came in a prayer line. And no, it wasn't a prayer line. It was, 
It was something else. It was a, uh, it was, her husband was a sinner. Okay, so the, the family was there. And, and they, they'd kind of been in and out of church. They had not really attended. They'd not done things. And, and her husband was a sinner. And he said, Brother Branham, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. And he said, okay, let's, take, let's kneel down here. Take a hold of your wife, wife's hand and let's walk this straight life together. And the mother says, Brother Branham, you know, here's me and my children. We've been in, we've been out, we've been in the tabernacle. We sit, we listen to you preach, we go to the altar, we come back. I'm backslid, Brother Branham. I want to come back to the Lord Jesus for his goodness to my child. And I said, see, that's very nice, but you don't come to the Lord Jesus for that. So anyway, they, they gave their hearts to God. They did that. And here's this woman, and she was in the hospital. And all of a sudden, you know, God had healed her and done a thing for her. She surrendered her life back to God. Her mother was there. And this woman, all of a sudden, she tells her mom, and she says, I'm going home. She says, no, I, you're going home soon. No, I'm going home. And she passed away. And here God had healed her, and now she passed away. And it was the time where Brother Mam says, I don't understand this. Lord, you owe me an answer. And he says, God let him sit for a, a while on that. He says, you don't, I don't, you don't talk like that to God. But then after they came and they, and they went back to the mother and he says, her time to go was a couple of months ago at a picnic. She went in the water, she got tangled up and she was in there, but she wasn't ready yet. And he says, so it was the grace of God that allowed her to go a period of time. And in that period of time, her heart was right. And then God took her. Now, look at God's goodness. God does not want us to live under our privileges. He wants us to be an extension of Calvary, the atonement, our lives. He wants them to be an extension of his goodness to us. Hezekiah, set your house in order. He turns his face towards the Lord. And he prays to the Lord. He says, Lord, remember, I've walked before you in truth. I have a perfect heart. And you know, God never once corrected any of those statements. He said, yes, you have walked in truth. Yes, your heart has been perfect. Yes, you've done what's good in my sight. And he wept sore. Brother Branham gives the commentary. Hezekiah was talking. The prophet said, you're not coming off this bed. And the prophet, he had the vision. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. He began to weep. And he said, Lord, I've done all of these things. I need 15 more years. What for? To run around? No. For the kingdom of God's sake. To tear down the altars of Baal. To build up the altars of God. To set the place in order. That's right. That was his desire. Friends, it's my desire. I don't want to leave this world with regrets. I don't want to just have a mindset, well, as long as I survive till the rapture, the rapture will change everything, and then it's all over. No, we actually have to start living for the rapture while we're here. We have to start claiming our ground. We need to start walking in these things. And you might say, Brother Ed, I don't, I don't know, it's overwhelming. Take one step towards God. Whatever it is, whatever you have need of. If it's, a, if it's a child that you're praying for, just keep a right attitude. Just keep in love with them. Love them unconditionally. 
You can't save them. I can't save them. But you can love them. You can have a right attitude. And allow that to happen. Whatever it is, if there's something that's been broken down, just keep before God. Listen, this is not fully in my notes today, but... Well... You know, everybody's got their job. You do yours, you do this, you do this. And then we come together and we just check each other's performance off. No, we help each other. I'm just going for a a walk with my wife. And she just said some things. And it just calmed my spirit. And it ministered to me. And I said, Lord, thank you for her. And I said... Now, I want to do something for her if I can. So I went as far as taking my dishes to the sink. No, sorry. That's the <laughs> no, but you know what? I think we help each other. Friends, we work together. We're a family of God. There's things I can say, but I, I, I need to. I don't want to point it all to me and to my wife either, but I believe that God wants us to be able to start reflecting here what is actually up there. Brother John, you used that quotation in the marriage ceremony, and I, I, it, it was that our marriage, you know, a man loves a woman, a woman loves him, they don't know why, they come together, that's a marriage made in heaven. That will last, that will endure. I always believe that because that's how God does things. And I say, Lord, no matter what it looks like, hey, I, don't, I, I like this kind of food. She likes that kind of food. That, I'm not going to let that be a, a major deal breaker in the whole thing. You know, I, I, I like this kind of exercise. She likes something else. I'm not going to let that be. I'm going to work together because I believe there's something greater in that. I believe we can walk in these things, friends. I believe we can take steps from them. I'm, I'm not really, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 to find a place here where I can do this. But Hezekiah, he would be able to go to God and say, I desire 15 more years. I want to do such and such. Now, there's different sides to all of this that you can take. But in saying that, he says, I got things I need to do. Now, listen now, Brother Bram said, it wasn't now... Here's Isaiah. Now just take this picture. Here's Isaiah. He's weeping before God. He's doing all of this. And here's Isaiah. He says, Lord, I just did what you did. I comes back to the house. He sits down. I told Hezekiah, I've done this. And then God tells him, go tell, I, go tell Hezekiah that I've given him 15 more years. He's going, what? Now who did that? It wasn't the prophet that did that. It was Hezekiah that did that. And he desired something with the right motive. So Brother Brandon would say, now it wasn't the prophet's prayer that healed the king. It was the king's own prayer. God spoke to the prophet and told him. Do you see what I mean? He's the same God tonight. Prayer changes from death to life. That man's going to die. Isaiah believes he told the truth. He was born a prophet. His words were true. And then Hezekiah's prayer changed the opinion of God. Friends, if we could realize that we have a place in the economy of God. If your motives are pure and you desire something, 
You know what? We, it's all subject to the sovereignty and the will of God. But he says prayer is the most powerful force God ever put in the hands of man if it's a sincere prayer before God. I believe that if we can take it in, in like the message that are things that are to be. And Brother Branham would, would speak and he would, he would just say, he said, as you begin to see the days of your life drawing to a close, as we begin to see eternity usher in, the world close down, as you begin to see these things, you begin to get ready for that great event. It's a continuating, a continuing of the same life in another world, in another place. So it isn't, I'm just going to wait for the rapture. It's all done. You know, I deserve this. I've, I've come. I've paid my... No, it's actually, I'm going to start walking in it. I'm going to start praising the Lord. I'm going to have a song about some things. I'm going to employ these things in my life. I'm going to make them a part of my daily fabric. I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I approach some things. They say as you get older, you need to listen to your body. You know, your body tells you you need a little more sleep. Your body tells you you need to exercise a little bit more. It needs to, you need to listen to these things. Friends, we also need to listen to what God's telling us. We need to listen to what is needed for our being. I, I, I want to read one more. He says, now, heaven is a real place. And, and he says, it's not a place that my mother used to tell me. It's like, you know, a heaven and a har harp and all, all musicians on a cloud. He said, it's a real place. God starts us in our spiritual growth in this place. So I, I, I feel like I don't want to just live off of an entitlement mentality. I, I don't want to just say, well, I deserve this. I was raised in the message. I did this. I did this. No, I want to start exercising it. I want to start moving and talking like I'm already there. Let's make one more scripture. We're going to close with this. It's only 11 o'clock, but I'll stop here early today. So uh, let's go to Isaiah, sorry, let's go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. This is uh, scripture I'll just take for, for just for a moment here, and then after this, I'll read, I'll just read from the beginning, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now Jesus uttered these words. He came on earth and he spoke these words and he read them in the temple and he stopped right there. And, and if you've watched the Chosen series, the reaction to these words was amazing, uh, how they did, but Brother Branham would say, these words pertain to his first coming. Now the words that follow pertain to his second coming. The day of vengeance of our God. We are seeing the judgments coming. And it says to comfort all that mourn. Brother Ed, my house is not in order. In fact, it feels like I'm bombarded. I want to I get into that in a few couple of services to come. But I'll just say this, I believe we can start to exercise a correct attitude. 
So what is the correct attitude? Verse 3. To appoint them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. In choosing of the bride, Brother Branham talks about two couples. One couple up on the hill, one couple in a railroad boxcar. The couple up on the hill, scrapping and arguing and pretending everything was nice when Brother Branham came to the door. The couple down in the railroad boxcar. And as Brother Branham sneaks up on them, so it's good to sneak up on people. (laughs) My wife is shaking her head. Don't you say that. He sneaks up on them and he's listening to them. And the husband is wanting to buy a dress that his wife saw. And and he's saying, well, we'll save, we'll do this. And then Brother Branham's sitting there and he sees that and he sees that. And he goes, oh, give me that any time. To give beauty for ashes. Oh, that house may have looked beautiful. That may not have looked good. But that was beautiful in God's sight. So what? This is in the time that we're living in. It doesn't look like much. But listen. He says, to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Oh, my goodness. I, I touched on that on Wednesday a little bit. But just to sing a song, it actually releases things in you. If, if, it, if you're like in our house and you have to go sing outside somewhere, so be it. But, but just to sing and let it go, it's good. Oh, my, it does something for you. To, you know, sometimes you just say, Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'll just start singing. And, and you start singing a song. I'll tell you what, it lifts things. It takes things away. This is, this is part of our domain. This is part of our inheritance. And then he says, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Oh, it's Monday. I don't feel so good. I will praise the Lord. And he just starts singing. I'll tell you what, you want to really you want to really cause some confused faces, go down the street and hum a song. <laughs> and people go, what is wrong with that guy? You know what? I'll tell you what, you can do that. I started humming a song, and somebody said, what is that song? And I didn't even know what it was. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I, 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 worked, I worked for this architect one time, and and it, it, he put on this classical music. He was an Englishman. He put on this classical music. And in the morning, there was what they called the symphony opera hour for two hours. And, oh, some of it was painful. But there was a, there was a time when they started singing uh, the hallelujah chorus. Hallelujah. It wasn't, it wasn't the one we sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That wasn't that one. But it was hallelujah. And it was just, I, don't, I think it was Handel's Messiah or something like that. And I was going, this is great. And, and they sang some other songs, and I thought, wow, this, it actually changes things. Oh, Brother Ed, you'll never be, I know I'll never be, but I'm just trying to tell you that might be. I'm trying to be an encouragement. I'm trying to be a coach. On Wednesday, I was a doctor. Today, I'm a music coach. So listen, I'm here to help you all. I'm here to say I founded them. It was in that service, Brother Ed, you encouraged my son or daughter. 
you encourage them. It's like the, it's like the couple that, that were, 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 were living, they moved into a new neighborhood and their child was, was, was singing and taking some piano lessons or things. I'm winding down, don't worry. And, and all of a sudden, uh, a music teacher shows up at the door. And it says, we didn't order a music teacher. No, but your neighbor did. You see, well, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, let's have the musicians come. I, I really didn't hit the foundation of where I wanted to go today, but are, are you okay this morning? Yeah. Listen, friends, I, 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 I'm going to take a tech service or two to try and get this across, but I don't feel like I got it across very well today. But maybe I've helped some musicians in our midst here. Let's stand together. My, this is the earliest I've ever quit. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's sing a chorus or two. I feel like, oh, I feel like singing a song or two. I don't know which one I want to sing here. There's a song we sing, I have passed the riven veil. What is that song called? Do, who's, a, who's a song leader? I have passed the riven veil. Okay. There is somebody back there that knows. This is, this is the one that we're doing. Okay, now, now, when you sing, you're singing as a testament to something that's happening or happened. So, I've already saved. I've already passed that. I'm living in the greatest hour that's ever been. So let's sing this unto the Lord. Can we do that? Okay. I believe the, the true report.
solve the case.